Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain was this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series, and I spoke to the wonderful Tara St. James. We talked all about her incredible career and her love for fashion, her dedication to sustainability and shaping the future of ethical fashion, and her experiences in fashion supply chains as well. It was such a fascinating episode, and I hope that you If you missed it, that you go over and catch up on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast or anywhere that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 223. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Throughput.ai puts industrial material flow on autopilot by leveraging existing enterprise data. Throughput's AI software predicts demand, reorients production capacity, reassigns warehouse space, and reorders materials optimally more than five times faster than leading contemporary solutions. So businesses minimize over-promising and under-delivering. Sign up for a free demo to see Throughput in action. Visit throughput.ai. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We have so many new and exciting things happening. Are you catching all of our live shows? We are going live weekly, not only with Thoughts and Coffee across our social media, but we've got Coming In Hot with Abby Baird. We've got Purpose, People, and Profit with Topple. And of course, we've got Log Tech Live with Eric Johnson. And let me tell you, we have some amazing new shows coming up for 2022. And you're, gonna, you're not going to want to miss that lineup. So today I'm joined by a company who are on a mission to unleash the creativity and problem-solving power of everyone in your business. By uniting business and IT developers, you can innovate every single day. Can you guess who it is? Well, I will reveal who it is after our question of the week. So the question was, and it was a poll, when evaluating the first mile of your supply chain, what is the biggest value driver for your organization? We had 346 votes. 49% of you said improving on-time delivery. 32% said optimizing inventory levels. 17% said employee workflow efficiency. Um, Mark Townsend says a supply chain's primary function is to take your products from creation to delivery, but it can also provide you competitive advantage within your industry. Majub says a main driver for me at first mile would be getting the right people in terms of their efficiency on negotiation and category management experience at the sourcing level. Josh says, when I think about value for my organization, I would be looking to ensure I have my inventory correct in terms of quantity and geo balance in my network. Derek says, this would depend on the current state of the supply chain, also on the current issues being faced. 
Um, within the last 18 months, it's been a constantly moving set of goalposts. Curtis says teamwork. Michael says assess accessing better purchase conditions and increasing frequency of supply. Pearl says collaboration. Man, do I love that. You knew that I always talk about collaboration, I'm sure. Thank you so much to everybody who commented and engaged with our question of the week. Uh, we do it every single Wednesday morning. Now back to today's podcast and which innovative and collaborative tech company is joining me today? Well, it's QuickBase. QuickBase is an application development platform that unites business and IT teams by enabling problem solvers of any technical background to work together to safely, securely, and sustainably create an ecosystem of applications. QuickBase helps businesses accelerate the continuous innovation of unique processes by enabling citizen development at scale across one common platform. Today, Peter, Principal Solutions Consultant at QuickBase, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the importance of operational agility, and the power to be found in unlocking the potential of your people. Before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Peter. Peter helps teams create insight and drive action from their people, processes, and data. He loves challenging himself and those around him to be better every single day. A mechanical engineer by education, Peter has spent 10 years in manufacturing environments, helping companies identify and implement roadmaps to improve. So welcome to the show, Peter. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, I must admit that when I was doing my research for the show, there were some areas of your tech that I just never really heard of before. But the more I looked into it, the more I read, the more excited I got. I mean, the potential and the creativity with what you're doing is amazing and really is exciting. So I'm looking forward to finding out more and sharing it all with our listeners so let's not keep them waiting and let's just dive in. Let's start with a broad overview because we're going to dig deeper in the following questions. So let, tell us about QuickBase. What does it do and how do you help your customers? Yeah, that's a great place to start, Sarah. So our goal at the highest level is uh, to help our customers achieve what we call operational agility. And that's really just to be more responsive to their customers, more engaging to their employees, and adaptable as possible to, to what's next. And well, what does that mean? Um, so what we provide is a no-code platform, as, as you've said, that integrates four technology pillars that really um, you, you usually find in separate instances, not together. Um, one of them is an in-memory relational database, a way to organize and structure your information. Secondly is reporting and dashboarding. So once you've got structured information, you can kind of layer that report on top of it. And then automation and connectivity, because QuickBase is not a silo. It has to exist with other systems and tools. And the final is governance. And that's kind of the ability to set your roles, your permissions, and all the things that your other um, partners in business want to make sure that your tools have in, in place. And so when you bring all these four tools together and you put them in a no-code package, you give the individuals a lot of power to build these real-time insights, automation across, and especially in supply chain, very complex and, and unique um, processes. 
And so what you have is now the ability to take, I have a better way to work and actually make that into a reality. And in a way that I can continuously improve that process every day. So I mean, that's what gets me excited about what we do. And hopefully that gives you a little bit of a flavor for QuickBase uh, without going into too much detail. Well, and as supply supply chainers, we love continuous improvement. So I think you use exactly the right words that we all want to hear. But before we go any further, can you just explain no code and low code for us? And also, um, there's a lot of talk around citizen development as well, which is facilitated by the no or low code platform, because I'm sure I can't be the only one who's coming across this terminology for the first time. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about, I have a feeling continuous improvement a lot on, on this show. Uh, but yeah, it's low code versus no code. It's, it's becoming a, a, a pretty common uh, conversation point. And frankly, it's, it's a bit of a debate. I don't think you're going to find one definition, one source of truth on it. The way we like to, um, and the way I, I explain it is, there's really personas. There's two types of personas that I think you're going to see tools for. One persona is the IT uh, shared resources developer. And these are individuals and teams that are coding applications for a living. Um, they've got computer science, they've got coding backgrounds. And there's a class of tools out there that are emerging that really are making these types of individuals more productive and not just developing code from scratch, but enabling code reuse, giving them the ability to build uh, applications much more quickly, but still having to go in and write lines of code and, and do kind of classic software development lifecycle. And there's some elements of these tools that have no code in it. Like you'll see drag and drop widgets and functionality that makes development faster, but it's still geared towards that uh, very technical resource and, and kind of in the in the middle of an organization rather than at the edge. Right. And the other persona and probably where citizen development uh, is most common is with the line of business, you know, no code, uh, no coding skill set kind of um, developer. And these are individuals that know their, their business as well, know their processes well, and you'll fly them all over an operations supply chain, but they don't necessarily have the coding background. So the kinds of tools that are what we consider no code are really aimed towards this in this type of individual and persona. And it's it's the ability to create enterprise grade solutions, um, kind of end to end solutions, but no coding experience required. So folks that today might be using Microsoft Excel or um, a lot of Outlook and paper-based processes, maybe a, an Access database. And that is a good segue into, well, what is this thing called citizen development where, right. you know, you know, you asked about and where we're seeing a lot more focus. And that's this idea that you're, you're, you're starting to bring these governing practices that used to be really in IT into the business because, you have to balance giving people the ability to solve their own problems with the standard best practices that you know you have to apply to any sort of software solution and scaling them so that they don't end up kind of creating more silos but in no-code tools. So citizen development is really the, the, the kind of holistic movement of giving individuals this no-code capability to solve their own problems, but doing so 
within governance and best practices that are developed and in partnership, really, because it's a partnership with with IT teams that have been building solutions for you know decades and decades. So hopefully that, that helps and it isn't isn't too long winded. No, I love that. I mean, I have a sign behind me that says collaboration is the future of business. So Supply Trainer loves the word continuous improvement. We love the word partnership. And we love the fact that you were just talking about breaking down the silos because that is what we're doing in Supply Chain right now is breaking down those silos, bringing everybody together and making it easier from a technology standpoint. I mean, when you talk about no code, low code, is that just sort of those plug and play that, you know, a supply chain professional can really go out and find the right tools that are going to work for them, that they don't need to, you know, put too much work into it from the back end or, or from their IT department, which I think is ideal for a lot of people in supply chain moving forward when they're thinking about technology. Yeah, and I, I'm going to double down and break down silos because one of the silos that I see that still needs to be broken down that uh, is still very much strong is the one between somebody or, or a company that produces a good or a service and their suppliers that are giving them parts and services to as you know second, third, fourth tier suppliers. Right. And it's like we all work in one value chain. I'm making something and I need your parts to make that good or service. But we don't treat our tools and our, our systems and our, and our collaboration technology as part of that single chain. So I think later in this conversation, we can get more into it. But I definitely think that one of the next frontiers for us from a continuous improvement standpoint is to enable that supply chain professional to break down that silo with his or her collaborators in the, in the supply chain right, and, and build up those processes and continuously improve them every single day. Yeah. I, th- I think I heard our audience go, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what we're thinking. So bring all of that to life for us. How does QuickBase actually work? So if I'm sitting in the audience and I'm saying, this all sounds amazing, but how does it actually work? Run us through that. Sure. So I, I introduced kind of the four call them pillars of, of QuickBase. We have a database and it's structured, right? It's, it's the ability to group all the different types of information in your supply chain problems in one place. So things like vendors, audits of vendors, um, uh, tasks and projects and programs, all those things that kind of connect together and scorecarding and, and all the operational workflows. So data reporting is everything you want from an insight standpoint. Uh, think about scorecards, think about um, metrics and KPIs the third is connectivity. So it's the back end movement of information and events and, and event between you know different sources of truth, your ERP, and then governance. So if I'm sitting down to actually solve a new problem, and, and, and one of those problems could be, well, a lot of the folks I'm talking to don't have a vendor risk framework. They don't have a way to measure the health of their supply chain and, and actually some of the processes like even onboarding a new vendor. So what we do is step one is you start with the whiteboard, right? So solving a problem in QuickBase is typically starting with understanding your data models, understanding your process models. And really that's, and if you've worked with, I'm sure with, with teams to change their processes, the hardest part is sometimes getting people to sit down and figure out what is the ideal process, right? Versus how you do it today. And then once you've got that process and relational model 
figure it out as far as how your information should connect, QuickBase makes it very easy to create a new database, link all of the relationships together, and then import data from a lot of the times it's a CSV or, or an Excel sheet. So a lot of the workflows we come across today in supply chain are, I mean, not surprisingly probably, but that's the way we are, is, is in a spreadsheet. So yeah. you model it in QuickBase, you build your relationship, you import it, and once the information is in QuickBase, we make it very easy to then uh, create a new report and, and build out your charts and your insights. And then now, instead of entering information into a spreadsheet, you're actually entering records into QuickBase and then the reports you're building are now real-time updating. And that's usually how teams will start. But if we're talking about a transformation as crawl, walk, run, crawling is transforming how you capture and look at data. Walking is starting to build out the automation and the processes. And hey, if I enter in a new um, request for vendor bid, I want to email my vendor and start an approval workflow. Or I want to um, get my own team involved and have a vendor team focused on hardware to, you know, uh, kick off a, a hardware specific workflow. So over time, what ends up happening is you, you start to solve for all the, the dynamic processes around the information. Right. And that's where I think QuickBase starts to become really sticky is that you're, you're not just, um, you know, in a silo, you're actually integrating QuickBase with things like your ERP, your CRM, um, HR systems, and uh, kind of creating a nice, seamless two-way street that I think a lot of companies find, see, find as uh, too ambitious to take on that kind of challenge today. So I'll pause there to see if that helps with how our, our customers go about solving problems in QuickBase. No, that absolutely does. And I love the use cases that you came up with because they're all things that we as supply chain professionals in different areas of the industry can relate to, which I think is, you know, one of the most important parts when we're talking about technology and we're talking about what that looks like for people is just bringing it back and talking about the challenges that you're seeing on a day to day basis and how your technology is solving for that. But I imagine that with a citizen development platform, you must sometimes come up against fear or resistance. I mean, we're so used to leaving development to IT and we're so used to using our Excel spreadsheets. So what are the key misconceptions or objections you hear and how are you answering those? Sure. And I, I see fear and resistance in any change, but specifically with something like QuickBase, the biggest thing is you're, you're talking about the cloud. And I, I hear a lot of, if you were in this room talking to me about QuickBase five years ago, you would have been thrown out because the idea of putting something into the cloud was, was incredibly new and incredibly foreign. So one of the first um, fear points and misconceptions is, well, um, it's because of all the headlines you read about breaches with, with big logos and security incidents and a lot of uh, things like the, you know, the, the ransom hacking, right? Where they'll cap. So I think the first thing is, um, are you safe? And then how you address it is, I think a lot of individuals, especially because we're talking about citizen developers, and this is myself included, I didn't know what it meant to be secure. As if, right. if I'm putting information into a system, what are the questions I need to be asking? So the way we address that is we've got white papers out there that just lay out the framework for, um, well, what are the kind of pillars that you should be looking for from a security standpoint? Mm -hmm. Things like 
encryption, things like how does the system authenticate who has access and what processes do you have in place to um, ensure your system is kind of hardened against attacks and things like uh, a data center goes down, that kind of stuff. So I, th- I think one of the areas that I would, if I was looking at bringing a new no-code platform on, on board my company is uh, I want to educate myself on what does it mean to be secure? And then once I've got those questions, those are the questions I'm using and asking all the different vendors and making sure that across the board, there's some kind of baseline must have it. And then there's going to be the things that some vendors actually kind of excel at. Um, so security is one thing. Another is you have a, a almost a, not a clash as much as this, this balance of you're starting to cross over into a domain that isn't classically in the business. It's an IT domain because right. a lot of the sources of information supply teams need aren't just on their desktop. It's in a database somewhere and there's keys to that database. So you, you have this um, dialogue that you have to start to have with IT and then so the concern is, well, why are you bringing data out of my system, right? What are you going to do with it? And are you going to want to put it back into my system? So I think the second kind of misconception is that you have to have like one backend tool to rule them all, when really what I'm finding is the most flexible companies or the, the agile ones are kind of taking a multi-cloud approach, which is have a lot of time and collaboration upfront with all the stakeholders on what the right architecture is that's going to give us flexibility, but in that governed model. And then, um, you know, you, you empower the citizen developers to innovate within a certain playground, if you will. So that's probably a whole podcast episode right there to talk about that, but that's at least an introduction to some of the things I see as sticking points when trying to adopt no code tools like QuickBase. But it, it brings everybody together, right? And like you said, it allows the IT department and the developers to get their hands in there and really work with supply chain teams to figure out what you want that technology to do for you and how you want to do it. And I would imagine everything being on Excel, I mean, is that the biggest issue is that because the information is on Excel, it's within their system. So they're worried about extracting that and giving it to somebody else as another system. Is that the biggest challenge you're having from getting people off of Excel? Well, Excel is kind of this invisible database that I don't think IT... I think everyone knows it's out there and, and you you have teams extracting it. And so it's like, I don't really know what I don't know. And then it's kind of like a hidden, you know, pain in my business where when you're talking about a cloud system like QuickBase, it shines a light on, on the fact that the business is now wanting to kind of innovate and build solutions in, in a, not in a vacuum, but, but outside of the IT ecosystem. And so, I think there's a control piece there, right? Where I hear a lot about so true. You are you're solving a problem that is kind of supposed to be in my domain, and I don't know if I have control over it. And I guess that is a sticking point to moving to the cloud. In which case, the conversation is, well, how do we uh, give you the levers? And and because it's something like QuickBase and tools like it, there's millions of levers that when it comes to control. 
And there's some, and and what we believe is that there are some levers that belong to IT. IT should be able to govern the realm, set up policies for, um, you know, passwords and authentication, and then dictate under what, what circumstances a citizen developer should be able to build. But I think the first perception is it's like the wild west. So you have to kind of take all those levers and and properly allocate them to the appropriate individuals. And that helps, I think, to facilitate that conversation you're talking about where you, you really do need everyone in the room to kind of have an open conversation about, you know, what the future state should look like. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that I hear a lot about is integration, right? And how the systems are going to integrate. You said that it integrates very well. The other thing is scalability. And so legacy systems can be fragile to work with and costly to customize, but it's often still a big decision for a company to embrace a whole new system or way of working. So talk to us about integration and scalability and about QuickBase pipelines as well, because you seem to have worked really hard to cover all these bases, not only for your customers, but potential customers that are looking to use the QuickBase system. Yeah, we we noticed something interesting a few years ago when we started to really dabble in automation and integration, and that's that it's it, our customers are addicted to it. They want to connect and automate everything. And so that's good. <laughs> it, and, and that's amazing to see because when, when you're talking about solving a problem, it's rarely just the data I create. The most powerful problems to solve are problems that extend those legacy systems and really take what those systems do well and add that customization layer at the very edge of it that meets the needs of oftentimes the supply chain professional. So legacy systems, as much as we like to knock them for being legacy and old and outdated, they do something really well, which is uh, kind of house and whether those systems are in the cloud somewhere or on premise behind a firewall, um, they were built with scale and um, kind of integrity in mind. So the balancing act is, which of those systems kind of stay the way they are and ex- and do we extend them versus migrate fully to the cloud? Our, our approach is, um, I think uh, legacy systems are, a lot of them aren't going away. Every company is going to have to deal and embrace with innovating at the same time as maintaining legacy. So we built pipelines to try to um, both plan for your net new integration needs and and application needs, but also connectivity to legacy. So what that means is you've got things like um, on-prem agents, which can kind of go behind your firewall, interact with legacy systems, and then still push that information to like a quick base application. Um, And done so in a way that you, you can leverage the scale of the cloud. So when it comes in the quick base, um, but also, you know, the very individual needs of, of every application. So I think what you're finding is you have to really, the, the, what I'm finding, at least with supply teams, is that legacy systems tend to have way more information than you actually need to run your day-to-day operations. So what, what we kind of enable and promote is let your legacy systems capture the millions and millions of, you know, quality incidents or, um you know, sensor data or all, all the things that you capture about your business and then have pipelines go and t- 
take the key events that you actually want to act on and respond to, and then bring them into create an application that is more um, for reacting to the pace of, of whatever's happening in your business. So a lot of things I can go into more depth there, but, but that's, that's kind of a, an introduction, at least to our, our approach there. No, I think that that's great. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of people are, especially in supply chain or maybe even just logistics, right? As they have these legacy systems, they're looking at getting into the cloud. What does that mean? How can they work together? Or do I have to start all over again? Which, you know, sometimes in people's minds is just like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. So now when we talk about platforms like this, about IT solutions and automation, sometimes the people can get a bit lost, right? Which is kind of what I'm alluding to. But that's what I love about QuickBase. You talk about empowering your people, about unlocking their potential. And I really, really, really love that. So why do you think that approach is so important? And what benefits does it bring uh, long term? Yeah, I, I, I love that question because it's, I think, what gets me most excited about the power of no code, which is it taps into everybody's inherent um, ability and need to solve problems. And one of the frustrations that I see a lot of, at least leading up to something like QuickBase, is when I have a problem to solve, I can't, especially in the, the, the digital space, I can't solve it myself. I have to put in a ticket to have a team scope that problem. And then they go back into a lab and come back three months later and they give me a prototype. And the prototype is nowhere near the way I envisioned it in my own head. And then I give them a, a change request and they go back into the lab. And so you end up having this cycle where you're, you're always out of date or out of speed with what you need in the business with the proposed solution and then the delivery of that solution. And so, and that's if you're actually having a two-way conversation and engaging. A lot of the times it's my, my needs aren't being met. So I'm going to duct tape uh, processes and solutions together that involve tools and aren't really living up to what the process should be in my head. Yeah. So what no code and the promise of no code is I can give you the ability to notice a problem in your business, identify a better way to, to address that problem and then also build the solution and then continuously improve it every day. Because as you know, especially with supply chain, you're getting hit with, with micro changes every day. There's the macro changes, which is we want to have 85% of our supply chain run by uh, minority-owned businesses. Or we want 50% of our supply chain running on 100% renewable energies. Those are kind of the macro um, level initiatives that you can roll up to. And um, obviously, we can serve that, but it's the micro day-to-day changes that are that are what are so exciting for for the promise of no code, which is I can build solutions for my business, get that satisfaction of solving a problem because there's a human element here, right? It's ev- I think everyone gets a little bit of a kick of adrenaline when they solve their own problems, and they continuously prove them every day, and then you're doing that at scale. So imagine an entire business with that you know, micro level problem solving, um, with citizen development. I think that's, that's kind of the, the ideal state. And and that's really how you get the agility at scale is everybody solving problems, but in a way that's governed and 
we're all swimming in the same direction, right? Yeah. Well, and so for supply chainers to have that kind of control over their technology and their IT, I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen because we are natural born problem solvers. But I like what you also said too, is when you're integrating technology or you're bringing technology to the table, there could be some miscommunications and some people will expect this and some people will expect that. And sometimes, you know, those expectations aren't necessarily fulfilled because there was something that was miscommunicated and just didn't happen. And so I think, you know, bringing the power back maybe <laughs> and putting it into the hands of the people that are doing things on a daily basis is extremely, extremely important. IT is really important as well, but it's also those people that are utilizing it on a day-to-day -day basis that, that we need to keep in mind when we're thinking about this technology and, and how it needs to be used and why it needs to be used. I, I agree. In, in asking those questions, how and why up front is how to start it off. Because if you're not answering, asking the how and the why and getting everyone to agree on how and why, any pilot you do to kind of go into down this path probably won't be as successful as it could be if, if you're not on, all on the same page about that. It's so true. And so we talked about people and I've talked a, a lot over the last 18 months about how COVID has helped remind us of the importance of people. But on that note, another key lesson that emerged from COVID was agility. And you have some really insightful content on your website about what you call the age of operational agility. What do you mean by that? Why is it so important and how can QuickPace help facilitate that agility? Yeah, and I, th I think I, I started to get excited talking about agility in your, in your last question when we talked about our innate problem-solving nature. And, and so that is really addressing agility in that you're able to keep up with the pace of, of business. And it kind of that, that sounds a little um, – well, what, what it is, is is when the business environment requires you to change how you do work – how do you respond to that? And how you respond to that is in the form of people and processes. And um, so the challenge and why it's challenging to do that today, especially in supply chain, because agility in supply chain isn't just one, one uh, company making widgets. It's the company making widgets and the companies that help them make widgets and their suppliers all the way down the chain. Um, and so if you constantly have an IT-centric innovation hub, then that, that lead lag that we talked about where I have a problem, but I have to go back and forth to develop a solution, it creates all sorts of um, kind of uh, time buffers like between when I yeah. have a problem and then when it actually gets delivered to me. So when we talk about the age of operational agility, it's really this age where we actually have ways to work today where we can put in a whole innovation infrastructure where IT focuses on where IT is absolutely the strongest. It's, it's the development on cloud, AWS. I love what AWS is doing and Google and Microsoft with all the services they provide in their clouds on you know, highly scalable um, infrastructures. And that's where their focus should be. It's in it's in the, the the transition to data lakes in the cloud and enabling the rest of the business to build on top of that. I right. think companies that do it right will have a tight handshake between the citizen developers and IT, where IT is going to get all the organization's information, which is incredibly valuable, 
in a single normalized place. And then the business is going to then be able to create the those micro at the edge solutions that require that continuous improvement every single day in um, on top of that with like a quick base. And if, if you do those two things right, enable the business, but also um, have IT building that infrastructure, I think you're going to have more companies kind of doing what I think it was Citibank uh, does which is say we're a technology company first that happens to provide financial services for our customers. Like we need that technology first mindset. I love that. I love that. And that's kind of where we're going. And that's what I've been talking about more and more and more. So now that we know, you know, a lot about QuickBase and what you can do, who's your ideal client? Who are you selling to? Yeah, uh, I, I, Personally, in the five years I've been at QuickBase, I've learned that I'm looking for culture and mindset um, and, op- and an openness to change the way work is done. Um, I find that with some types of tools out there, you know, that, that you have a certain type of, I don't know what's the hammer and nail analogy where you're always kind of solving the same problem, but it's, okay, it's, yeah. it's where you, know, you have a solution that is in the certain shape of a problem and you can kind of sell that. Um, but with QuickBase, we can solve literally any kind of problem in a business. And we, what we're doing is inherently a little disruptive, well, very disruptive in that we're providing anyone in the business the ability to apply no code to their most complex operational problems. So wow. what we look for is companies that have a good um, culture of innovation and, and partnership between IT enabling the business, not necessarily with no code, but with other ways of, of solving problems, innovation problems. Um, and, you know, companies that have already adopted the cloud and that have their employees um, working in the cloud, those all tend to be great uh, stories for QuickBase because they tend to love what we do. They tend to love that we, when, when, you t- when you say, I'm going to empower you, Sarah, to build your own solutions, to improve your supply chain uh, processes, and, um, you know, tighten up a certain workflow that if that scares you, that's probably not the kind of company that is going to embrace QuickBase well. But if that excites you, then those are the types of companies that we find are, are really um, catching on to what we're doing. And, and uh, we, we have great partnerships with. Yeah, then give you a call, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um- and, and now for the case study, this is one of my favorite parts. And I believe you've worked with nearly 6,000 customers. So I'm sure you have plenty to choose from. Paint me a picture. What was the challenge that one of your customers came to you with? What was the impact of the solution that you provided on their business? Yeah, I, I it's funny. when Even though QuickBase could do everything under the sun, you do come up with patterns. And there are certain patterns that I see that I think have outsized impact with our customers. And the one that comes to mind is uh, in logistics. A a lot of logistics e-commerce companies, they're growing fast. And one of the bottlenecks to growing fast is literally standing up brick and mortar uh, locations to handle more and more of the the transactions day to day. And you won't believe, well, maybe you would because you've probably seen this all the time, but most people yeah. don't believe what goes into uh, building up a new distribution center, for instance. Yeah. And there's all the construction. It, it's the amount of coordination that has to happen between so many disciplines that it's the actual processes that ends up being a bottleneck. 
You've got construction milestones, literally the brick, the mortar, the steel, that have to align with the milestones of teams that work inside the building once it's done. You know, the equipment, the computers, the light bulbs, all that stuff. And these companies are under so much pressure to stand up these buildings and get them operational that any time between construction ready and operational ready is literally millions of dollars a day. And so uh, there's a company I'm thinking about that was tracking all these, all of the work across, I think, five different tools. And not that those tools were fine, but the fact that they weren't integrated so that the teams working on the construction could directly drive the teams working on the interior of the stuff to the back-end accounting and finance teams that have to process all the purchase orders and the expenses it was just so much coordination that perfectly landed in our sweet spot, which is bringing together data with reporting, with process, and then that governance piece, which is individual permissions and roles and dashboards so that if I am in the construction side, this is how I see the data. Whereas if I'm in the um, kind of internal logistics delivery side, I see it this way. And so they're actually... um, They've used QuickBase to create uh, what I think of as the holy grail kind of workflow, which is their data lake is completely uh, copied over into QuickBase and every team can source that same data to build team-specific workflows in, in QuickBase. And so it's just been really exciting to work with a company that when you actually paint the picture on the whiteboard of how IT should work with the business, they're actually, I mean, it happens commonly, but it's, it's such a, with the way they're doing it is just so groundbreaking that it's been really exciting to see them um, create an integrated picture where previously it was, you know, four or five different tools and a lack of a single pane of glass and all of the other things that, yeah. you know, come with, you know, manual work and teams working not together. Right. And I'm sure efficiency has just gone through the roof, which is what any business is looking for. So before we go, why don't you tell us what does the future hold for QuickBase? Oh, I love this. I love this question because um, I can be, uh, I can, I can really, be really well not creative as much as just um forward thinking in that it's also where i'm seeing a lot of the the need for innovation which is on i think it's on connectivity really the what, what i see more and more of is this um once you go from an excel or a manual process to the cloud and you you give that individual that the in, that you make them empowered to solve their own problems the nature of the problem changes and it's no longer hey, I need to automate this uh, spreadsheet or take this email workflow or, or whatever. But once you give them uh, tools to build almost any solution, then it becomes a question of, well, what else can I connect it to? Or what other technologies can I layer on top of this? So uh, I think the future of QuickBase and where I see a lot of our own efforts is in um, making our connectivity and automation platform even more trusted because as, as we talked about earlier, one of the challenges is always going to be having that conversation with IT and making all parties comfortable with the sharing of information, not just kind of information in a vault. So we as a company need to make it even easier to unlock that information and, and build workflows on top of it that in a way that is even more trusted and secure 
and then making it even easier to get more sources into QuickBase without code. So connecting to ERPs, you know, SAP, AWS, Azure. And then if I were to think about one step, half step forward, it's starting to take a lot of what we're seeing in the AI ML world and, and all the big data master of science practices that I think tend to be clustered with, you know, fewer uh, professionals and giving the line of business, the citizen developers access to the power of machine learning, which is Ooh. how can I... How can I take the, the brains of a computer and apply it to a problem that I'll never be able to solve myself just because I'm not a machine? And I think there's a lot of power and promise in, um, in, in the big data technologies coming down into the citizen-led world to, great, great, to create some more um, value at scale from, from those, those types of algorithms and approaches. Amazing. I can't wait to see everything that's to come for you. I, you know, on QuickBase, I've really enjoyed this interview because it's got me thinking, you know, it's great when we find new technologies that can transform our data and transparency, our agility and efficiency. And that's all very much needed right now. But to find a solution that does all of that, but equally helps to empower our people and to drive innovation through collaboration, that truly is the future of business. So make sure you go and check them out at quickbase.com. A massive thank you to Peter for joining us today and for the team over at QuickBase for making this episode happen. I have loved every minute of it. Thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the show. Oh, that was a ton of fun. Thanks for the conversation. Looking forward to it. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest and also utilize our category filter. So if you're having a supply chain challenge and you're looking for a company that's on the market that can help you with their solution. We have most likely had that company on this show. And each episode, you can find out who they are, what exactly do they do, and how they can help you just by listening to the episode. So go and use the category filter to find that solution, or maybe there's a couple of different solutions that you want to take a look at. Go and check that out. And remember to come back next week where I'll be talking to Tools Group all about who they are, what they do, how they help their customers, the future of what their company looks like, what the future of the industry looks like. And I cannot wait to share that with you because I'm sure there are some of you in the audience that could definitely look to working with Tools Group. If you enjoy our podcast, there are a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also follow us on TikTok, 
TikTok, TikTok and Clubhouse. And remember, you can subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com where you're going to get all the insider insights. You can DM us on Instagram to get part of to be part of that newsletter and to get your free supply chain dictionary. Just DM us talk one on the Let's Talk Supply Chain Instagram. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube page, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary if you don't want to go to Instagram and get it for free in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your honest feedback and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.